and send it in, that would be absolutely amazing. We've only got a short space of time here in our services, and so that would be awesome. We want to welcome all our guests and our visitors who are here today. Just put our hands together for any guests we've got hanging out with us today. We love you. I think it's amazing you've come to share your Sunday with us, and we pray you're blessed. We pray you have an amazing uh, time with us. I want to let you know, again, of just a little bit of bittersweet news we've got going on. One of our amazing, amazing staff and amazing team, Pastor Colin Mercer, has been with us on staff for 12 years, and his season with us on staff is sadly coming to an end. I know. Oh. He, Colin is just an absolute legend, and I love him so dearly. But God is just leading him into a different season in his life, and uh, opportunities opened up before him, which is just amazing. And uh, so we want to bless him, and we're just so thankful for all he's done and all he continues to do. Can we put our hands together for Colin? He's just a man. Colin, down the back. I want to preach a message uh, this morning. You have to join in with me and preach a message called, There's Something About Martha. There's something about Martha. And uh, there's this interesting interaction that happens in Luke chapter 10 between two women and Jesus. And I want to explore that this morning. It's in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse number 38. It's in your notes. I will read it. You can join along with me. It says this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered the village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister's left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. There's something about Martha. Something about Martha. This passage is a really interesting story where Jesus is invited to Martha's house. It's Martha's house. And when he's there, he's busy like doing his thing, teaching people. Like he's, like he's teaching, he's doing his thing. And Martha is there busy. She's over probably in the kitchen or somewhere. She's just like getting everything ready, doing all the serving, preparing, fixing everything, getting everything sorted. And there's her sister, Mary, just sitting down at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. Right, you know, anytime Jesus teaches, he always reveals truth. He always brings healing. He always brings wholeness. He always aligns your life a little bit more in the way that God intended it to be. And he's speaking in that moment and, Mary gets, and Martha gets upset. She's like, Lord, I'm doing everything. Tell her to help me. And Jesus' response to Martha was really interesting because he didn't tell Mary off. He kind of told Martha off. And and what he does is he kind of exposes to Martha that there's some stuff going on on the inside of her, which is the reason that she's behaving so busy. You're troubled and anxious about all kinds of things. He's saying there's stuff on the inside of you that's causing you to behave in the way that says, I'm just gonna stay busy. She's so busy. There's something about Martha. I think we're all a little bit more like Martha than we like to admit. We are so busy, aren't we? We're so busy. Like when you say to anybody, hey man, how are you doing? How have you been? What do we say? I've been busy. Busy. I know, man, we've been busy. We tried to take a holiday, ended up taking a wedding in Tauranga, driving home, got home at midnight, did soccer in the morning, drove to Whangarei, preached Whangarei, two services last Sunday morning, got back here, did an interview last Sunday night, Bex is in Christchurch. I know, busy. 
busy, right? We, we, we're busy with everything. We're busy with life. We're busy with kids. We're busy with work. We're busy with commitments. We're busy with church. We're busy with serving God. We're busy, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy. And, and, and maybe, I like to say, maybe like Martha, maybe we're busy because there's other stuff going on in our lives which is actually causing us to stay busy. Maybe there's a deeper reason as to why we're all so busy. I wanna explore those reasons a little bit today. I'd love to take you on a little journey because I think maybe like Martha, we're getting it a little bit wrong and maybe there's some reasons underlying why you and I are staying so busy and maybe we're missing something that's even more important. I think we stay busy for a number of reasons. The first reason is this. We stay busy because we get value and identity in what we do. We get value and identity from what we do. When you meet someone new, what's the first question you ask? Hopefully, it's what's your name? If you're not asking that question yet, that's probably a good place to start. What is your name, okay? The second question you normally follow that up with is, what do you do, right? Because we love to pigeonhole and box people. We define ourselves by what we do. We define each other by what we do. And, and I get asked that question quite a lot. Uh, I meet lots of different people in different settings and it's a very dangerous question to ask me, what do I do? Because I have to respond. And then I respond with, and I don't know how to respond because I know whatever I say, they're gonna take it one of many ways. When I say I'm a pastor, they either like freak out they look at me very strangely. There's a number of awkward follow-up questions because I don't really look like a pastor should look. Thank God for that. I don't sound like a pastor should sound. There's, I don't fit the mold of that and so it becomes a bit awkward and weird and it's so hard for me to explain like what I do. And to, like, It's funny because most pastors struggle with this. And in fact, uh, great church leader, Canon J. John, he has a brilliant response to this question. I've got it here for you guys, have a look. People often say to me, they say, Jay John, you know, what, what do you do? And it's always very difficult to know what to say. Because if I say to you that I'm a reverend, which I am, that conjures up certain images in people's minds as to what I might be. <laughs> so I like to be a little bit creative in telling people what I do. I sat next to this lady on an aeroplane at Heathrow Airport, and I said, hello. And she said, well, hello. And I said, where are you going? And she says, I'm going to Singapore. Then she said to me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Australia. I said, what do you do? So she told me. Then she said, what do you do? And I said, well, <laughs> I work for a global enterprise. She said, do you? I said, yes, I do. I said, we've got outlets in nearly every country of the world. She said, have you? I said, yes, we have. I said, we've got hospitals and hospices and homeless shelters. I said, we do marriage work. We've got orphanages. We've got feeding programs, educational programs. I said, we do all sorts of justice and reconciliation things. I said, basically, we look after people from birth to death and we deal in the area of behavioral alteration. <laughs> She went, wow! And it 
was so loud, her wow, loads of people turned around and looked at us. She says, what's it called? I said, it's called the church. How good, how good is that? So much of this life, we're trying to find you by what you do. But can I tell you, what you do may be a big part of your life, but it's not who you are. In fact, what you do does not define who you are. Who you are is not defined by what you create. It's defined by the one who created you. Who you are is not defined by what you make. It's defined by the one who made you. You are made, friends, in the image of Almighty God. You have the fingerprint of God on your life. You are in His image, divine image. You're created, you're a child of God and you are made for Him and by Him. And the ultimate expression of who you are is not found when you are busy and I'm a this and I do this and I do that. It's not found in that. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of value that Martha got from being the person that did all the stuff, but that what she did is not really who she is. When, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, the one who made you, there is the place you discover who He is and then in Him, you discover who you are because the ultimate authority to who you are is Him. It's Him who made you. And the danger with being so busy is we allow what we do to define who we are. What if you couldn't do what you do anymore? Would you be okay? Would you be okay? Does that define you so greatly and the value you get from being that person, does it define you so greatly that if it was taken away, would you be okay? And you can be if you know who you are in Him. The ultimate expression of who you are is found in the one that made you. He knows you better than you know yourself. We stay busy, I, I think, often because we don't really know who we are. And we can take the time like Mary did to sit at the feet of Jesus. And in His words and in His reflection, we begin to understand who we are. Ask yourself today, friends, is there something about Martha that maybe I see in me. There's something about Martha that maybe I see in me. We stay busy because busy gives us value, busy gives us identity. But maybe you're looking for value and identity in the wrong place. The second reason I think we stay busy is because we have brokenness that we don't want exposed. We have brokenness that we don't want exposed. <clears throat> last year, <clears throat> excuse me, last year, my wife Bex and I, we bought our first family home together. and. Uh, it was, it was an amazing, miraculous kind of journey, and uh, we don't live in East Auckland because we couldn't afford East Auckland, but we live just around the corner, and uh, we love our house, man. This is small, but it's ours, and we love it. We're so thankful for God doing what He did in our lives to bring us that house, but it's brand new. We built it. It's like a house and land package. We built it, and, uh, it, and it's amazing. So the, the day we got to the keys and got to go in, there were still builders kind of touching little things up. And like, it's brand new, it's so nice. So we walk in and we're like, wow. Like, it's not big, but it's awesome. So we're like, wow, look at the walls are all like, there's not one scuff mark. And we've got two boys. I'm like, boys, I'm like, when you come into this house, you're going in like silk sacks. That's what you, you get to move around the house in that. Can't knock any walls. I don't know where that came from, but be blessed. We, 
Not, not one mark on the wall, no scuff, no nothing, right? And so we, we get into the house. The builders are still just, just tidying a few little things up. So they're in the house, and, and we need to put our curtains up because I'm too cheap to pay someone to put my curtains up. I'm like, oh, I'm a man. I can put curtains up. How hard are curtains? <laughs> so we get the curtains, and I'm in the, I'm in the, I start in the boys' room because I'm like, if I mess this up, they'll be all right. So we go in the boys' room. I'm not the, I'm not the best handyman, but I'm not the worst. And so we go into the room and I'm, I measure it and I mark it out and stuff. And then I'm there with my drill. This house, there's not one hole in a wall. And I have a drill to make a hole. It's a very conflicting moment. Measure it up. I'm like, here we go. This is it. And I'm pep talking myself. You can do this, Steve. You are the man. You are the man. <laughs> First hole, the drill bit snaps off in the ceiling. The drill skews off. I make two holes. The blood rushes from my head. I feel nauseous, dizzy. There's, there's, there's professional builders still in our house. I'm like, I shut the door. I'm like, shut the door. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm like, takes me about 15 minutes to compose myself before I'm like, you got this, Steve, do it, go again, go again. I go find another drill bit, I go in the room, next hole, zzz, miss the stud, oh dear. But by the time I hung the first lot of curtains, there were six unnecessary holes. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I went to the bathroom, I got the toothpaste. Because toothpaste dries quite hard, right? And it's white. And, and I, <laughs> judge me, man. And I got, the, I got the curtains up and I hung the curtains in line with the holes so no one could see them. So like, I'm not asking, I'm like, then I open the door, I'm like, everything's all good. You know, like, I'm hanging stuff and I'm putting stuff with toothpaste just to cover over the brokenness, covered over like what's messed up because I don't want anyone to see it. I don't want the builders to walk in and be like, Muppet. You know, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want my, I don't want my, my family's coming over to see our new house. I don't want them to see it. Like I'm gonna keep it covered along the way. How often do we do this with our lives? Where there's brokenness and we just cover it over. And busyness is like one of the greatest methods we have to just cover, um, if I stay busy, I don't have to deal with it. If I stay stay busy with it, I don't have to confront it. I don't have to to face it. It's easier to stay busy than it is to confront the brokenness that's on the inside of us. And and there there was this meeting I had with this young man not that long ago. He came and saw me and great young guy, loves God, serving and doing all kinds of stuff. And and he came to me, he's all kinds of dysfunction and brokenness and addiction in his life and all manner of things going on. And I'm like, buddy, we can help. Let's get you fixed, man. Let's, let's, let's go on this journey together and God's got more for you. And so we start giving him a whole bunch of strategies and people to talk to and things to do and, and help along his way. And so he, we, we, we're doing this and it didn't matter what we did. It didn't matter how much we gave. It didn't matter how much we helped. It didn't matter how much God was leading him. He kind of just didn't do anything. And his response every time we caught up was, I've just been really busy. I haven't had time to do that yet. I haven't had time to do that yet. So he just stayed busy, but he stayed broken. And he stayed in that cycle of busy and broken. And it was this frustrating moment where we realized he's more comfortable in his brokenness. Because it's more comfortable to be broken 
sometimes because it's very confronting at times to sit and have truth revealed to you. It's quite confronting to do that. Can I, can I tell you, friends, Jesus doesn't want you busy and broken. He wants you whole and free. He doesn't want you busy and broken. He wants you whole and free. And I gotta tell you, friends, he is himself the great physician. And we're, we're staying busy, and we're staying busy to cover over all our brokenness, and we don't wanna deal with it. And we don't wanna, so we just stay busy. I'll keep serving God. I'll keep making stuff for Jesus. Keep doing all this kind of stuff. And it is very confronting to come and sit at the feet of Jesus. And when he speaks, like I said, truth comes, and hope comes, and brokenness is revealed, and healing is shown. And so when you sit and you allow his word to come into your life, when you open this thing up and you sit and you say, God, show me my brokenness. Show me what's wrong. And he comes and he heals and he restores and he refines and he fixes and he redeems and does all that he does and the broken mindsets that you have, he starts to change and truth is deposited where lies used to live and it all starts to come right and it gets healed. But you never find that if you stay busy. You only find that when you come and sit at his feet like Mary did and you allow his truth to be spoken over you and into you and allow it to shape you and change you. Stop being busy and broken. Stop being busy and broken. Allow the time to come and be with him and allow him to wash you and change you. Take the time to sit with other people who love God, who will walk a journey of healing with you. Don't be okay staying busy and broken in your yesterday. God's got healing for your yesterday. God's got a better tomorrow than he had a yesterday for you. Like your, your yesterday doesn't have to define you. So many people are stuck busy because they're broken in the yesterday and if they would just take a journey with God and a few other people to encourage them along the way, they'd get free from that junk and be able to go into a much brighter future. Do the journey with some people who love you, can help you and encourage you and get you along the journey. Do, do the journey with a small group of people that, that'll help you along the way and can go, man, that yesterday doesn't have to define you. Let's go, let's sit together with Jesus. Let's allow his words to speak to us. Let's, let's help you on this journey. My heart is that every one of you would be in a small group with somebody, a group of people that can love you and walk a journey with you and help you take the steps God's calling you to take and help you to get beyond you yesterday. Don't get stuck and busy and covering over yesterday. Go and find freedom for your journey. Go and find wholeness. Ask yourself today, is there something about Martha that maybe I see in me? My last thought is this. Maybe the band can join me. That'd be great. We stay busy because we confuse what's important. We stay busy because we confuse what's important. Now, now I wanna take a minute to just to speak to the church people for a second. The, the, the servers, the givers, the doers, the dream teamers, those who do stuff for Jesus. Mary confused what was important. No, sorry, Mary didn't, Martha did. Martha confused what was important. She thought that the doing stuff for Jesus was important. Who was she preparing for? Who was she serving? Who was she doing stuff for? She was doing it for Him. She was doing it to host and to do all that needed to be done for the people that were coming or for Jesus. She confused what was important. She thought the doing stuff for Jesus was the most important thing. It's important, but it's not the most important. It's not the most important thing. The most important thing is actually revealed right throughout Scripture. And, and it's confrontingly revealed in Matthew chapter seven, where Jesus is having a conversation with His disciples and He says to them, 
in the, in the last day, in that day, many will come to me and they will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name? Didn't I walk in power in your name? Didn't I serve you? Did I do all the, I did all this stuff for you, God. And he says, I'll say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. See, friends, you're doing for God. And listen, don't, don't get me confused. We love you for what you do. Every dream teamer, every person that serves, we think you're absolutely amazing. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. We could not do what we do without you. And what you do makes an amazing difference. And we're so indebted to you. We value you. What you do is really important, but it's not the most important. Because your doing for God will never result in knowing Him. What, what you doing, your doing never results in knowing. But here's the thing, your knowing always results in doing. You can't know Him and do nothing. But you can do a whole bunch for Him and still not know Him. It's a confronting passage, but it reveals to us the heart of God. Above anything you could do for Him, friends, all your serving, all your giving, all your guitar playing and your pre, but above all of this that you do for Him, His heart desire for every single person on this planet is that you'd know Him, that you'd know Him. Basic, simple, know Him, know Him. And I love that He says to, he says to Martha, He says, Martha, Mary discovered Mary discovered the one thing that was necessary. The one thing that was necessary. He says, that won't be taken from her. She discovered the one thing that was necessary. Can I tell you? The one thing that is necessary for you to live a full life. The one thing that is necessary for you to live free. The one thing that is necessary for you to have forgiveness of your sins. The one thing that is necessary to bring you peace in your life. The one thing that is necessary to bring you eternal life is Jesus. You don't find him in the stuff and in the busyness and in the doing. You find him when you come to him and you sit at his feet and you know him. I believe you'll never be satisfied in this life until you discover that one thing that's necessary and that's Jesus. I believe you'll never be full, never be free, you'll never be whole, you'll never be forgiven of all your wrongs and all your sin until you discover the one thing that's necessary and that's Jesus. And I don't know where you're at and I don't know what your story is, but I do know that He loves you. And I know that no matter what your story is, you can know Him, you can know Him. And I wanna pray in a moment and I wanna pray for two groups of people. The first group of people is those who have never known Him, but today you want to. Maybe you're here today because you just are like, man, I've got to get to church because I get my life right with God. I don't know why I'm coming, but I'm coming. And you're here today and today's your day. You know it. You're here for that very reason. You've never made a decision to follow Him, but you want to today. The other group of people I want to speak to and pray for are the church people, the doers, the servers, the givers. And if you're honest and you search your own heart today, You'd search and you'd say, I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff for him. But if I'm really honest, I don't really know him. Don't be ashamed of that. I was there once. 
And this passage confronted me so deeply that I made a decision that I would never, ever confuse what's important. That I would spend my life seeking Him, knowing Him. Then the doing I do for Him, so much fuller and richer, I'm so much more empowered because I know Him first. And I, I don't, this is, don't feel wrong or condemned. You might be sitting in church, you might have sat in church for 20, 30 years, but you're really honest and go, man, I, I, I don't really know Him. I wanna give you the opportunity today. I believe this is a great day for you to come to know Him. Can I invite everyone in this room to close your eyes and bow your heads? I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer. If you're either one of those two groups, I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer. Truth is that God loves you. He made you. He's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up and we all sin. We all fall short of God's standard. And God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I were due for our sin. All our guilt, all our shame, He died for it all. And He extends to all of us today, not judgment, not condemnation. He extends His grace, forgiveness for all your wrongs. A new life that begins right now. The Bible calls that being born again by the Spirit of God. You saw it in those people who were baptized today. A new life begins. You get to walk into these great plans that God has for you. He does have a plan. He has a destiny for your life. He wants to use you to change this world. And then you receive this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. If you're here today and you don't know Him and you want to, maybe you've been sitting in church for a long time and if you're honest, you do stuff for God but you don't really know Him, please, I encourage you, make this your prayer right now. I'm gonna pray this prayer out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud, but if you wanna pray it, you just pray it with me in your heart. Say these words, mean it with all your heart. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know that I've sinned. I know I've messed up but I believe Jesus, you died for me. Right now, I turn from that old way and I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongs and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you. I wanna know you. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm so proud of you. I think it's the most amazing thing you could ever do. But I wanna encourage you to take one small step of faith. Now, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna do anything like that. But what I wanna do is, I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, if you prayed that prayer, either the very first time or you're saying, Steve, I just, I'm here, but I wanna know him. I want you to be really brave and I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now, I'm not doing that to embarrass you or call you out or stand you up. I just want you to take one little step of faith. I will see your hand, I'll acknowledge you and you can put it straight back down. Are you ready, church? On the count of three, that's you today. Say yes to Jesus on the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high saying, yeah, that's me. Awesome, I see you. I see you right down the back. I see you. I see you right two in the middle. See you guys there. Right up on the back. I see you on the mezzanine. That's amazing. Here on the front row, amazing. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Incredible. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here today. I pray that God, we would above all else, that we'd know You. Lord, help us not to confuse what's important in this life, but help us to hold on to the one thing that is necessary. And I thank You today that those in this room have grabbed a hold of You. I bless them now in Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen, church. Come on, put your hands together for all those people that just said yes to Jesus. It's just amazing. We, we are so proud of you. We think it's amazing. And we'd love to encourage you to take a next step. On your seats today, there's these little connect cards. If you want one, grab one of those out. If you said yes to Jesus, you put your hand up today. 
Listen, I don't want that hand to be the only step you take. We wanna help you on this journey. On this card, there's a little box you can tick that says, I'm committing or recommitting my life to Christ. Can I encourage you, don't let the hand up be the only step you take. Take one more little one. Put your details on this card, tick that box. We wanna help you. We wanna bless you at the very least. We wanna give you a Bible if you don't have a Bible. We wanna tell you a little bit more about what this means to follow Jesus. Listen, anything we have is yours. We'd love to help you on this journey with Him. If you wanna get in a small group, you wanna journey this with some people, we'd love to help you find one in the foyer. Our small groups are there. And if you wanna get on our growth track, if you wanna discover the purpose God made you for, you'll find out about us But more than that, you'll find out about who you are, the gifts God's given you, and the purpose He has for your life. We have our thing called the growth track. The growth track is happening actually right now. In this service, it's happening right now. But you can get on next week. At 10 a.m. next week, uh, you can jump in at week two and get along to the growth track. I know you'll be blessed. I know it will challenge you and help you grow into all that God has got for you. Anything else, church, put it on the on the connect card. We'd love to follow you up and help you on your journey. We're gonna receive our giving this morning and uh, I wanna encourage you to continue to give generously. Our team's gonna come. If you've got one of those connect cards, uh, in a few moments time, these buckets are gonna go by. You can drop those connect cards in. But let me pray as we give generously today, church. Lord, we do thank You for all that You've done, all that You're doing, and all that You're yet to do. And Lord, as we come today and we give a portion of what we have, I thank You for the many lives that have been transformed even just now in this service, the many eternities that have been changed. Lord, all made possible from the faithful giving of Your people here. Lord, every dollar is making a difference. Every dollar is changing lives. Every dollar is furthering Your kingdom. And Lord, I pray Your blessing on all who give. May we always be a church with a generous spirit. I pray this in Your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, the team's gonna hand those out. What we're gonna do is we're gonna stand to our feet. We're gonna sing one last song together. Don't go anywhere. Don't rush to the car park. I wanna bless you at the end.
go, church. Lord, I thank you for every single person here, every man, woman, and child. Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus. As they go from here today, may they go in the fullness of the life that you've got for us. Lord, let us never settle for anything less but the fullness of what you have. And God, I pray as we move into our tomorrow and our Monday, whatever that may hold, use us to be a blessing in this world tomorrow. God, use us to speak your life and your goodness and your truth. Lord, use us to be a vessel for your kingdom of God this week. I pray that in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you, church. If you need prayer, we do have a prayer team that'll be down the front. If you are a guest, please come to the guest lounge. We'd love to see you. Otherwise, be blessed, church. We'll see you next Sunday.